0: have already ruffled some feathers around DC, but that's nothing compared to the way that Bill Clinton is being talked about in so-called patriot circles. These loosely connected networks exchange tales of drug trafficking, sexual assault, and murder. Some of the loudest voices suggest Clinton's a sort of Pied Piper, heralding the takeover of the United States by a mysterious cabal. Our guest tonight, Marvel James Fletcher, is one of these anti-Clinton patriots and the author of The Red Horse and the Sword, a book that is wildly popular among these groups. Thank you for being here, Mr. Fletcher.
1: This is from Fletcher's first ever television appearance. Recorded weeks before Clinton's inauguration and a year after Fletcher's emergence as a leading voice of the anti-government conspiracist movement, it perfectly captures why the president would a few years later, declare him the most dangerous radio host in America. Which suited Fletcher just fine.
2: William Jefferson Clinton was plucked like a staking rose from the clay of Arkansas at a young age, molded by the secret masters that run this country as the perfect instrument for implementing their new world order. Everything about this bubba screams international socialism from his road scholarship to his draft dodging to his membership on the council on foreign relations and if anything his wife is even worse the lady macbeth behind the throne after four or god help us eight years of this man there won't be united states left
1: and anti-government audiences loved it. His star was on the rise, and having abandoned California for the remote but beautiful desolation of Cooper's Ridge, New Mexico, he built a home studio at a house with, as he put it, great sight lines, and decided it was the perfect moment to purchase prime broadcasting time on the biggest shortwave station in the United States, WCBR. World Christian Broadcast Radio out of Lexington, Kentucky. Needless to say, he didn't plan to fit in with the tenor of their other broadcasts.
3: Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Was that a good song? But well, it just kind of gets up in your armpits a little bit.
0: Oh man! A sure enough gospel song. It just fills your soul with grace.
3: It fills it with grace, and grace is kind of like a vibration. You know, how it starts in your big toe and it wiggles itself up, but then sometimes it gets to the danger zone, and then what happens? Oh, I just can't even handle myself. I just—we need some money. We need some money. Hey,
0: is Grace working today? She's our sound engineer, Grace. Grace, I don't see her in the control room.
3: Wait, wait, we running a little hot. Is that what you're trying to say to me? Grace well, is running us it, a little bit. Uh, we need, we need to, we need to turn up the squelch.
0: Every time that band plays those those major chords, Grace just gets hot.
3: Well, she does get hot. So does the soundboard. Maybe it's because she's sitting on it. But here's the thing. I I like the major chords. I like the minor chords sometimes because they make me sad.
0: When it changes from major to minor, it just makes those tubes just get all glowy, warm and glowy.
3: Can we get down to business now? Can we get down to worshiping the Lord here? We need to spread. We're we're spreading the vibrations and we're spreading the love all over the place and it spreads to your body, it spreads to your wallet. Now, this is a very expensive endeavor here, bringing the message of the Lord to everybody within our listening radius.
0: Now, any of you, any of you listeners out in Texarkana, you know, when you're on Hill Shackle Road, you can see we're almost finished with the addition onto the inner sanctum.
3: Oh, it's going to be beautiful. But
0: Jesus needs a new pair of shoes.
3: Jesus needs a new pair of shoes and we need a new sauna. Any
0: of you gamblers out there have any good advice on a horse you can gamble for jesus the the catholics do it they play bingo. You
3: We're, get you gamble for Jesus. It's—it's like—it's like a celestial slot machine. We can do it. You put the quarter in. You pull. Sometimes you come up sevens and you feel the love of the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes you get a bar. You get a cherry. It's the
0: devil, but the devil can whip you and keep you going with dopamine. So as long as Jesus is in your heart, you can sin. It's okay. The Lord is everywhere. Yeah, He's your personal Savior.
3: Well, the Lord will accept you. The Lord will accept you, but it ain't free. Let's be honest. The more you give, the more Lord acceptance you get. The more love love... you get. You gotta give it to... give. You gotta... You you gotta receive it to... How does that go? The love of Jesus isn't free. Well, what about free love? What about all them hippies talking about free love? Well,
0: I just think there's... That ain't the love of the Lord. It's more like devilish love, which could be fun on a Saturday night, but not on a Sunday morning. That's love of the genitals. Let's be honest, that's where the devil wants to go. Well, the Jews are always talking about the genitals rising up. I don't even know
3: who they're talking about. Well, instead of rising up your genitals, we're going to rise up your spirit. We're going to rise up your spirit for twenty nine ninety five ninety five a month. Yeah. We take small coins. We take small bills. I'm not discriminating against large bills either. We take cryptocurrency. Yeah. We don't take euros. This is
0: a non-denominational church.
3: Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. The, dom- the denomination is not as important as, no. as the quantity of said denomination. Yeah. Lots of them. We like to
0: invite all the dead presidents to church.
3: How, many, how much love do you want?
0: Dead presidents offer a lot of love
3: oh wait hold on a minute hold on a minute now wait wait is that idolatry well that's not
0: the dollar tree that's the dollar general
3: right that's where i shop
0: yeah i mean you're worried about the landed genitals and wait somebody's telling me that it's supposed to be pronounced gentiles i don't even know what they're talking about i never heard of that what are you talking about we're talking about
3: the love of the lord look around you look at these smiling faces in the in the grips of euphoria right here in the audience
0: now i want you to think back and visualize the last time you saw jesus well let me think let me think let me think he's got his flowing ragged robes and some shitty sandals
3: i'd have to say that was last tuesday i was at harbor freight okay yeah i was looking for a wheel jack
0: you thought it was another hippie but it wasn't
3: no it wasn't i looked at that wheel jack and it was on sales half off i said oh thank you jesus half off of my wheel jack
0: and jesus was pricing shit over in the rubber aisle he was but
3: that's 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 jesus that's not jesus oh
0: so when i look at jesus in his sandals and his flowing robes and 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 his beard and his hair he needs a haircut all these things take money. They do take money. You can't make a, a sophisticated, beautiful, handsome, well-presented Jesus without extra money.
3: That's right. Like, send us denomination so we can clean up Jesus just a little bit, get him a little tighter, because otherwise he kind of looks like a hippie. Have you noticed
0: that? Yeah. It's it's just weird. They just took that look and they befouled and
3: besmirched it. I do abhor a deep besmirchment of our Lord and Savior.
0: Yeah. So what I'm thinking is we're going to go down to, to Fleischman's and get him some new wingtip shoes.
3: Now that's what I'm talking about.
0: A nice suit down at Myers on Main Street and we're going to dress Jesus and we're going to get him a haircut, a
3: shave and a haircut. Well, we can't do any of this until we spread the word of the Lord with these shortwave radio signals. Yeah, Get this out to the people. We need you to understand what we're trying to accomplish here. The music of the Lord is what drives us. It, it invades our body. We, we, we need to we need more money is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Hey, there's only so much we can do with our voices. We need to let the vibrations of the strings and the instruments do the, the teaching of the Lord. Let's hand this back to Velvet Jesus and the Living Biscuits.
0: Hallelujah.
3: Grace, turn that back. Turn that up to an 11. We got some real music about to play. Hallelujah. Here we go.
0: Thank you guys for for all of your support and listening. We've come. Thank you
4: so
3: much. Thank you so, so much. We've
0: gone a long way toward our goals of finishing our inner sanctum.
3: Well, I, I would say long is a little a little strong. I'd say we're about halfway there. We're halfway there. But
0: our time slot is just about over. And uh, you're going to hear something that's brand new to this station. You folks out, good folks out there.
3: Well, this isn't, this isn't, isn't, there's that gyrating rock and roll music, this is something like smooth and and, and spiritual.
0: Oh, it's, it's going to be good, but it's apparently a little different from the standard gospel hour. All right, okay. And and preaching that you're used to, but it's from a nice young man named Marvell James Fletcher.
3: Oh, Marvell James, yeah. Oh, that's good music.
0: Oh, yeah. And I I just want you all to just take a deep breath and uh, turn up your radios and... Just give it a chance, it's called Five Minutes to Midnight.
3: citizens return to your homes there is no need for alarm the incident is over we are back in control the guilty will be punished follow these orders immediately you will receive further instructions soon the time is five
4: minutes to midnight
1: Ladies and
2: gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of 5 Minutes to Midnight. I am your host, Marvell James Fletcher. I know some of you are wondering what happened to our regularly scheduled gospel programming. Well, what happened is that, thanks to the support of a group of engaged patriotic citizens, I'm launching a new sort of broadcast. Every weekday evening, I'll share the information that I have gleaned through my 30-plus years of uncovering secrets that you're not supposed to know. We'll also explore new information gathered through our Citizens Intelligence Network, the Patriots' Alliance for Shared Information, or PASI for short. We're planning to educate this country so we can eventually break the yoke of our secret masters, and I hope you'll join us.
1: The reactions to Fletcher's show were instantly, strongly positive, though few Americans could operate or even own a shortwave radio, which was the only way to hear five minutes. It's safe to say that tens of thousands of people were listening nightly at the height of the show's popularity, and that that group included many extremely dedicated and active movers and shakers in the anti-government patriot movement. And enough money kept flowing to allow Fletcher to keep buying prime airtime on a powerful transmitter and to get his message out to anyone who was willing to listen. In these early days, the main thing that set Fletcher apart from his many loud, bloviating right-wing talk radio contemporaries was how unorthodox he was on a variety of social topics, including race, homosexuality, and abortion.
2: I consider myself a follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ, that is, the actual words of Jesus of Nazareth, the red letter text of the New Testament. I believe those are the most profound moral teachings that any human being has ever uttered. I don't care what you believe in or if you don't believe at all. So what am I against? I'm against the control of the many by the few based on their occult knowledge and connections. I'm against the tendency of so many Americans to accept what they are told instead of doing their own research. I'm also strongly against the tendency to ostracize some of our fellow citizens based on their race, their religion, their sexual preferences. I believe that we need all of the patriotic Americans we can to mount the struggle no matter what they look like, who they worship, or who they love.
1: I wish I could unequivocally say that Fletcher was an anti-racist, pro-Semitic, welcoming voice unique among the AM and shortwave radio crowd. But of course, the picture is more complicated than that. But one thing you can certainly say about him, the man could surprise you as he did with his surprisingly nuanced take on the post-Rodney King beating L.A. riots.
2: Now, I don't have to tell you that today, May 6, 1992, one of our great cities is in the grip of a nightmare. On our TV streams, we've seen masses of our fellow citizens looting, burning whole blocks of their own neighborhoods to the ground. I know many of you see only animals who use an opportunity to rob and rape and murder in the ashes of their violence. But think what Rodney King said it's like to be black person in America. Said it's like being in hell. Would you argue with this man who defenseless was beaten 56 times in 80 seconds by police who were then found innocent. Innocent! Though they were caught on camera. Imagine... How many times has this story played out where there were no cameras, there was no public outcry, yet even with film the charges were dismissed? How did we come to this? Well, personally, I blame everyone who gazes slack-jawed as the TV plays cops, or 911 emergency, dog cops, kid cops. Highway Patrol, these bootlicking shows that glorify police as they rip apart people's homes and plant drugs and guns, haul the innocent away in the dark of the night like the KGB. But they're black or they're poor and you just don't care. You just want to live in some fantasy where you're able to secede from the United States and form some all white enclave. Like those idiots trying to transform Oregon and Northern California into a homeland for rural whites. Bad news, it's never going to happen. So wake up, sheeple! Today they're beating Rodney King, but they're coming for you next.
4: Stay.
1: Famously, one time a Nazi called into the show, a literal white supremacist, bemoaning the U.S.'s takeover by the Jews. He had the usual complaints about white kids listening to rap, about race mixing, the whole standard line. When he asked Fletcher, as a white man, if he didn't feel like an endangered species, Fletcher reminded him that his own mixed-race five-year-old Nicknamed Teenie, would often co-host the show. Was this little girl and her mixed blood a threat? It was remarkable. He actually made this neo-Nazi reconsider his whole worldview. doesn't sound much like a racist right? But then again, he went and printed the entirety of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, the worst, most blood-soaked anti-Semitic forgery in history, in his book, and then has the nerve to act confused when people get upset.
2: Anti-Semite. That's what they're calling me ladies and gentlemen, because I included reference material in a book because I had the nerve to think that my readers could look past the shallow trappings of Jew hatred that had been painted over a simple truth to understand what I really wanted them to notice, that the underlying conspiracy was true, but that it wasn't about the Jews. It was about the secret masters, the illuminated ones. Only a fool would blame a particular religion. But tell that to the B'nai B'rith. Tell that to the Anti-Defamation League. Someone or another is always trying to tell me that there's some particular group, some race behind everything. It's the Jews, it's the Catholics, it's the Communists. Now, each of these views is a little bit true, but there are agents of each of these groups who are part of the broader conspiracy. But the vast majority of Catholics, of Jews, even Communists, have no idea what's really coming.
1: As with everything else about Fletcher, his views on race and anti-Semitism were complicated. All we can say for sure is that he wasn't anti-Semitic or racist enough for the more reactionary, fascism-friendly elements of the Patriot movement. And they hated him for it. But that wasn't the only thing that made him unique. There was also his incredible dedication to research, as he defined it and to the way he could build a narrative. And of course, the apex of this was his 50-plus episode series, Babylon is Falling.
2: those notes, what images come to mind? There can only be two. The first is a scene of ancient primates around a watering hole. The second is the riveting gaze of a human infant floating in space. Both are from the legendary 2001 A Space Odyssey. I was away fighting a war during the film's initial run. I remember the very first moment I saw it in the theater in 1971. I saw this masterpiece in glorious tact color in one of those restored 1920s temples of cinema in San Francisco. As the credits rolled, I exited the theater and went straight to the ticket booth and returned for the next screening. Not only was this one of the finest, most transporting films I had ever seen, I could already tell it was hiding a secret code that I had yet to figure out. Deciphering that code has taken me more than two decades, but now I'm ready to share it with all of you. This is the first of a series I call Babylon Fall. I base this title on my hope that by spreading this story, we can together bring down the mystery Babylon's secret plot to enslave the human race, and it all starts with this one film.
1: This series was where Fletcher's movie obsession fully dovetailed with his other obsessions. His full episode, Explicating the Plot of 2001, was a remarkable feat of imagination. There's no doubt that in another world, Fletcher could have been one of our greatest film critics. Of course, the conclusions he drew were a little idiosyncratic. You'll remember the film's plot starting with the ancient proto-human apes that encounter an alien obelisk and then learn to use bones as weapons. And then we cut to a scene with a spaceship investigating another alien obelisk near Jupiter. The ship's computer, it goes rogue, killing all of the crew but one. That survivor, Dave Bowman, shuts down the HAL 9000 and then ventures inside a giant alien obelisk he discovered. He rapidly ages, then is reborn as a floating human fetus the size of Planet Earth. It's trippy, but the important thing is what Fletcher had to say about it.
2: The first sequence tells the story of the unnamed first hominid who became the priest of the secret sect that would rule all civilizations from behind the scenes. The monolith, the gift of Lucifer, the Lightbringer, shares knowledge that lets him elevate his people embracing technology to build the first tool, of weaponized animal bone. We then cut to the space age, where a mission of discovery falls victim to the machinations of a far more advanced technology, the HAL, HAL computer, an obvious stand-in for IBM, deployers of the most powerful cutting-edge computers available when the film was made. Only one man survives this battle with the computer, and then goes on to be reborn as the new man. In both cases, the ape man and the astronaut only one man of the many is chosen to be illuminated. This is the message the Illuminati was sending through this film. They are the Illuminated. We who are not worthy to advance will be their slaves. There's no doubt that Stanley Kubrick, who was part of the secret group and that he got his marching orders from someone powerful and knowledgeable about the millennia long goals of this cult. It's as if the ghost of Adam Weishaupt, founder of the Bavarian Illuminati, was whispering script notes into his ear.
1: Mr. Kubrick, we're going to need you on the set in ten. Okay, okay, I'll be there in a few minutes.
4: At last, after hundreds of years, I live again. Oh, and you must be Stanley Kubrick. I love your work.
3: My God, what's happening?
4: Don't worry, Stanley.
3: The society still thinks you're the man for the job. But because there's a lot riding on this film, they have returned me from the dead to
4: make sure you've got all the details. Just right.
1: What are you talking about? Have you seen my other movies? I'm a legendarily maniacal perfectionist. You
3: think I'm going to drop the ball here? I don't need any hand-holding. The Secret Masters will get their message movie.
4: Of course, you don't need hand holding, but it's not me you have to convince. It's those guys. So, let's drop that latest draft into the typewriter and make a few tweaks.
2: 2001 was the announcement of the final phase of the plan, but what was the plan? Answering that, as it turns out, is going to take a while. Over the coming weeks, however long it takes, I'm going to tell you the story of how the mystery schools, the secret Babylon that we are going to bring down, how they came about, what beliefs and legends they are based on, where they get their power, and how they connect to every secret society you have ever heard of.
1: What followed was a nearly 100-episode explication of all the esoteric and historical, if highly biased, research Fletcher had accumulated over a lifetime He explained how the secret societies that have ruled the world for thousands of years emerged from sun worship, created or manipulated the creation of Christianity and the other major world religions, though they have no faith of their own. They instead use language as images we all recognize, God, Jesus, the Virgin Mary, to control others and communicate with the illuminated. Later... These mystery schools, according to Fletcher, created other secret societies, from the Knights Templar to the Freemasons. And their greatest secret is that all of these societies are just fronts for the same overarching, all-controlling elite. It was incredibly long and often meandered, but you still had to sit in awe of the man's comprehension of the topic even if the sources he used were mostly questionable, fringe, or outright fraudulent. I mean, there was an entire episode where he simply read out the titles of the books he used to research the series. For an hour. Ladies
4: and gentlemen, Thank you for bearing
2: with me during last week's bibliography show. Our fellow PASI agents report that the minions of our hidden enemies are even now scouring antiquarian bookshops across this nation and the world, seeking out these books, knowing all of you are out there looking. Find those books. If you don't want them, send them to us. We'll find good homes for them. It's remarkable. All of this information is freely available, and yet the sheeple just want to watch their Wheel of Fortune. And many of you who are listening to me now, you're happy to hear about how the ancient mysteries have been carried to the present day by those who wish to rule the world, but you're not going to join the fight against them. You are useless. You're worse than the doubters and the scoffers. who think this uh, crazy Jim Fletcher is on his mountain, spinning his nonsense to the rubes, but some of you out there you recognize the value of what we're talking about here and you intend to use your knowledge to fight back and my message to all of you is don't trust me never trust a word that i say do your own research it's the only way to fully grasp the truth
1: Even in those days, there were signs that Fletcher's home life and even his mental health were starting to unravel. He was making personal appearances at various fringe conferences, gun shows, that kind of thing. And there was an incident in Carson City where he got into a screaming match with another patron at a restaurant with his wife and daughters present. Julie convinced him to go back to the hotel when someone called the cops. But in the middle of the night, Fletcher awoke, absolutely convinced that someone was releasing poison gas into the room. He rushed the whole family out of the room and drove 14 hours through the night to get home. Still, these concerning moments aside, this was definitely the high point of Fletcher's life, both personally and professionally.
2: discussed the myth of Isis and Osiris, which mighty Plato journeyed far to learn. We have read the transcripts of the great Rosicrucian conclave, which explicitly ties that group to the Illuminati, and acknowledges they are all in league with Freemasons to wreck the benevolent global socialist dictatorship
4: of the wives.
2: that they can become gods, that they can achieve undisputed control of the world, and they are willing to wipe every one of you who are hearing my voice off the face of the earth along with everyone in order to achieve their goals. Now I'm pleased to tell you that our guest for this week's shows will be a member of our Patriots Intelligence Network who has infiltrated the Freemasons and will be reporting on their secrets, live in this very studio. You know, when I started this show, I was pessimistic about the future, but now as I see a true movement beginning to rise, I'm beginning for the first time in decades to feel real hope
4: for the future, it's a wonderful feeling.